Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News. Today's Transformational Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. We've got a lot of content to get to today. Last night was Charity's episode of Men Tell All. We'll have some thoughts on that. Plus, Nick Fiel reacts to finding out that Charity doesn't appreciate his opinions. Also, Caitlin Bristow and Jason Tartik both share on their individual podcasts, Off the Vine and Trading Secrets, some breakup news after their crushing breakup. We also have a blindside story and Ari and so much more on today's Bachelor Rush Hour. Oh my gosh, so much to get into. I can barely get that intro in, guys. Oh, can we get some credit over here? Self-producing this masterful podcast. Hey, everybody, it's Dave Neal. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I'm not kidding when I say there's a lot to get into. Let's cut the music and let's get right into it. All right. First, we had last night's Men Tell All. What did you think? Uh, uh, the show was stolen by Gary Turner, the Golden Bachelor, the premier Golden Bachelor. He has a heartbreaking story. We got to see him live in the flesh with Jesse Palmer and everybody in the room was chanting and rooting him on, Gary. Gary, Gary. I mean, it was just quite a remarkable to see that all play out. That stole the show for the Mental All Charity was relatively unconfrontational. Not like there was no Katie Thurston meets with Greg Grippo moment. There was no calling people out. She had a nice conversation with Xavier and um, and Braden had heartfelt things to say about her as well. Really no villain other than Sean, who uh, was the ball hog, if you will, tried to go on stage and do his own hot seat. I mean, I don't like like to use the term cringe because I think it's overused, but for sure a cringeworthy moment that he tried to get on stage and compliment Charity. What a white knight. Ugh, gross. So we also saw the petty drama with the uh, the F Peter. I'm not going to say the swear word here for our advertisers, but uh, just real pettiness going on and you get to see how catty and immature some of these people are. I've really never seen anything like it. Real psychopathic, if you ask me. What I mean, just to be a part of a group of people with a code term for somebody you don't like that they share in plain sight on their Instagrams, I truly mean it when I say good grief. Ugh, gross. All right, let's go to what Nick has to say about charity following her critiques and shade she has thrown at him because of the way he has reacted to her season. I think overall she's, I mean, I've, we've been very entertained, but I've been entertained by her what I perceive is to be her authenticity. That's it. That's and what I'm impressed which, by. Which I don't know if if she like likes our your our commentary, so to yeah, speak. It's not that it, it's not that she has a problem with Nick's saying her authenticity. It's the fact that he called her messy and that she's an F boy magnet. I mean it's like you could probably choose your words a little bit better if you were trying to uh, I don't know win her over. Speak. Oh really? Well in the sense that like I think she hasn't always played the role of therapist. Right. I think she's been at times quote unquote messy. Yeah. Like, you know, it was messy for her to give Brayden the First yeah. impression rose yeah. when her brother was like, literally like, uh, he's not your guy. That's to me, charity leading with authenticity. And I don't, I don't, I disagree that that is an, an example of her being messy. She was playing. She understood the connection she had with Brayden, which she had a point. They did have a solid connection and her yeah. heart and yeah. kind of saying, this is my journey. I'm going to like dive in and into my feelings. Yeah. And then I'll think about my choices after the fact and maybe I'll get through these, you know, the Xavier type of like storyline. But like at times she was willing to be messy and kind of go after guys that she was drawn to, which yeah. maybe Charity the therapist would have stepped in. 
Hey, Charity, you're kind of talking to herself. I, I, dis- I think it's a faulty premise that she was being messy. I just didn't see it, but either way, uh, we'll have a full story on this tomorrow, it looks like. We'll dive in deeper. The second half of today's Bachelor Rush Hour podcast will feature Caitlin Bristow's full comments on her breakup. So hang tight for that. We'll get into that. But first, here's what Jason Tartik had to say uh, following his breakup. Of course, yesterday he had a, or last week, I should say, he had a real messy, sort of sad uh, statement. But here's here's uh, how he feels a week later. And for anyone who has texted or called, uh, apologies for not getting back. I've Everyone finds ways, I guess, to cope, grieve, just grow through these like really tough times. And being as far away from that block, that phone has been, I think, one of the best things for me. It's just been a, a foggy, really foggy week. Yeah. And then he kind of just it says the same thing in a few different ways, that it's been a foggy weekend. He says he's living in it. He also mentions he had a boys trip planned from before the breakup, but decided not to go on it. And it kind of sounds like he's trying a different method, which is really to go through that mourning period and really feel it and really, like he says, live in it and not avoid it. Because we all know he could get on Tinder and go meet a hundred different women and get a dopamine spike and, and people love me and this and that. He can just stare at his bank account all day long and feel good about life. But he's really mourning this loss. Now, when we get to what Caitlin has to say, you're going to hear that there is a small chance, like she said before in her TMZ interview, the doorknob is built on the door because it might open up again. How does that phrase go? Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're going to get to more content. I've got Ari lined up right after a quick word from our sponsor today, who is Microdose Gummies, an incredible entry-level dose of THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good. Microdosing helps curb my anxiety and keeps my creative mind feeling relaxed all day long and you know my schedule content all morning stand up at night the last thing I need is a poor night of sleep not only does it clear my mind but it clears my body I'm talking my joints and aches and feelings that I have you know me I'm an old guy still trying to play baseball out there my elbows dogged just the, the feeling that you can melt into your pillow and get a good night's sleep and let your body recover from a long day that's what I love most about microdose but hey for you maybe you enjoy that you can have a microdose sativa in get some work done. I mean, you'd be surprised how many people can actually focus with it. So everyone's got a different uh, thing that can be used with a little microdose community. And it's available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code RUSHHOUR to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. And we're just so proud and happy to have microdose with us all season long. It's really great for the channel to have a loyal sponsor like them. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that's microdose.com code rush hour okay let's get to ari he made news yesterday and it has angered so many people in bachelor nation this is not hyperbole folks folks are really really upset with him he has a second vacation home in hawaii and he uh, was not there during the fires they did not affect his house uh he was in aruba getting his second or get, get, getting the vows. Uh, he got married four years ago, engaged three times, twice to Lauren, once to Becca. And he got did a second proposal last year. Now he's doing his um, vow renewal in Aruba. And of course, we have covered his fraudulent, in my opinion, uh, use of PPP loans. He at least never uh, sort of disclosed what he was using the loans for. He has a 
um, as uh, S Corp, I believe, or an LLC uh, that's called like Influencer Husband or whatever. And he took $22,000 in PPP loan money. Uh, if you ask me, that money was meant for small businesses like pizza places so they could keep their payroll. But did he need it for his payroll, which I believe would be him and his wife? Um, that's for you guys to decide, I guess. But now he's uh, asking for Venmo donations and look, I, I'm all about donating to the cause in Hawaii. The Maui wildfires were tragic, and it's going to be a long recovery process. But I think I can reflect the opinion of many out there that this ain't it. Have a listen. Spoken much about the Maui situation, quite honestly, because we don't have the words. Um, I've been trying to think about how I can deliver this message to all of you and how it just breaks our heart to see the community. And... Um, a place where we've had so many uh, amazing memories um, turned to ash. It's just, it's un, it's unreal. Um, so our house is uh, in the Kula area, which is uh, upcountry, which was affected by the fires. Luckily, uh, our house did not sustain any damage, and we're very thankful for that. But we want to, we want to help our community, and we are flying there on Friday. We're going to volunteer at the War Memorial, which is where a lot of families that have been displaced are staying. Um, we'd ask for your help too. There's a lot of people that are in need and we feel like not enough is being done. After talking to our friends and the community, it just seems like there's a huge disconnect and the help is not there that is needed. I don't understand it. Honestly, we have one of the most powerful and biggest governments in the world. Like why is there not more help for the island of Maui? So we are going to help. We are flying there on Friday. We're going to ask for you guys to donate to the Lauren's Venmo Fund. We're going to so he calls it Lauren's Venmo Fund, but it's really just her Venmo. It's a bank account, folks. It's a place you can send money to people for pizza and stupid things like gas money and rent and stuff like that. But no, they're asking for those donations. And, and you know, right? I mean, ta tax wise, if he receives $10,000 in Venmo donations, and then uses that money. And I'm not an accountant, but if he uses that money to buy charitable items, he then can write that off as if it was his money to give in the first place. It's very shady, at the least, very shady, at the least. And there are a lot of uh, reputable ways people can donate. We've got a link in the description uh, for one charity we are supporting, which is a member of our community who lives in the area. It's her church. They've got 300 people, uh, families that they're housing and, and you know, all of the, you know, first responder things that people need for not just first aid, but just lifestyle things to, to get all of these people that lost their homes, just, you know, the help that they need in this immediate emergency. So on one end, kudos to Ari for helping out. On the other, people are, are they're literally telling you, don't fly to Hawaii, just stay out of the way. Let the people that are in charge of the first response and that are in charge of uh, organizing all these charities, let them get, do all the work. You can't help right now. And my, my honest opinion is that they're flying to Hawaii to make sure their house is okay and will also do charity because that's their excuse for flying to Hawaii. I hate to sound so sinister, but that's what I believe is happening um, with the thousands of homes that were lost. It's in, you know, people's primary homes, people that probably don't have second homes, working class communities. You would think the best way Ari could help out is turn the lights on flip over the keys 
And you could probably let at least six families stay at your house. You could help them have places to shower. I mean, that's what you really could do. I mean, what could he possibly be doing at these shelters? Is he going to teach people how to receive PPP loan? I, I don't I don't get it, folks. I just don't get it. And um, anyway, we've got charities you can donate to. I'm sure you already know of them. There are plenty out there, but be careful where you give your money. All right, we'll be back with more content right after a quick word from our sponsors. And speaking of white savior complex, we're talking about Ari here. We've got another wild story, non-bachelor related. Remember the Blindside movie? It made $300 million at the box office. Sandra Bullock, I believe won an Oscar for it. It was about a young black man who was adopted by two white people and he had a gift for, for football and he ended up becoming a pro football player. Well, now we're learning that it's not such a peachy story. Blindside inspo, Michael Ower, the Tuies never adopted me. It was a conservatorship. So he finishes his playing days in the NFL, then comes to find out through whatever legal work he was doing that that they didn't adopt him. So does that mean they have control over his finances? A lot of shady questions being asked. Shocking allegations from Michael Ower, the former offensive lineman, says the family who took him in, helped him become an NFL star, and was later portrayed in the hit movie The Blind Side, lied to him, never adopted him, and screwed him out of potentially millions of dollars. The ex-Baltimore Ravens tackle spelled out the eyebrow-raising claims in a petition filed in Shelby County, Tennessee on Monday, alleging Sean and Lee Ann expressed exploited him for their own benefit after realizing he was a gullible young man with athletic talent. Uh, Ower says he initially got involved with the Tuies during the summer following his junior year of high school after he claimed a broken social system in Tennessee left him homeless and in need of aid. In the docs, he says the couple invited him to stay in their home uh, often during the summer to help him out and took him on shopping trips where they'd buy him clothes. So that all sounds good and dandy, but then the Tuies did did tell Michael they loved him and that they intended to legally adopt him. Michael believed them, was delighted to be part of a real and stable family, and trusted Mr. and Mrs. Tui completely. And again, I'm apologies if I'm pronouncing this name wrong. A short time later, however, our says the Tuies pulled one over on him. In the docs, a former football player who's now 37 claims the Tuies presented him with legal papers that he believed were needed to begin the process of the family adopting him. Instead, however, he says he just learned in February of 2023 that they were actually a petition to appoint them as his conservators, a filing that would allow the Tuies to have total control over Michael, Michael's ability to negotiate for or enter any contract, despite the fact he was over 18 years old. So we're going to have to figure out how this all comes out. Uh, but um, Ower says the two he's got themselves and their kids, but not him, a contract price of $225,000 plus 2.5% of all future defined net proceeds. The movie in which Sandra Bullock won an Oscar for her portrayal of Leanne Tui ended up grossing over $300 million. So the fact that the movie centers around him and he was exploited. And again, these are his allegations. We're going to have to see how this all plays out. This, I mean, talk about a blindside. People are saying they should make a blindside too, where it comes out that they were ripping him off. Um, the father, Sean, claims the, the says the uh, Ower claims are insulting and said, we made little money off of blindside. Sean is firing back at Michael, calling BS on all of the former NFL stars insulting allegations, while insisting he and his family made little money off of the success of the blindside. The, the 63-year-old who was played by Tim McGraw in the 2009 hit movie said he was devastated to learn that Michael Ower had accused him and his wife, Lee Ann, of exploiting him for fame and money in a court filing in Tennessee on Monday.
Well, you know what I say. Let the court system work it all out, and we'll see what goes down. I'll keep you guys posted on that story. Real sad out there. Uh, a lot of news we didn't get to today. It's just a busy one out there. I want to share with you my full recap of Caitlin Bristow on her podcast discussing her breakup. It's the first time she got emotional discussing her breakup. You can really see and hear and feel how hard this was on her. If you want to watch what went down, go check it out on YouTube. I got all of my content there, including my extended mental all recap. You can check that all out on YouTube. Or if you want bonus content, go to patreon.com slash Dave Neal. You can support us over there. And without further ado, here's Caitlin Bristow discussing her breakup. I guess we should just straight up address start talking the elephante in the room. The f- saddest elephante in the room. It really is. Don't cry. <laughs> Don't. Don't. <laughs> can't do this anymore it's got to be harder for women to cry if you have makeup on because then it's like it's just so dramatic but clearly they're 13 seconds into the conversation here they obviously know they've got to discuss this sad story which of course they announced a breakup just last week and what she says and what she's about to say is very interesting oh taking this those taking this harder than anyone okay (laughs) okay no i'm not gonna cry oh no cheers cheers uh, it's a. I get it. It's sad. It's f- sad. Yeah, it's really sad. But you know what? I'm going to be here for both of you, and yeah. I love you both so much. Like, and I could even see us all going for dinner when you're in Nashville together. Like the pod is not going to die. It's not. No, it's not. It's just going to hit a little different. It it might take a minute. But like I just when she says the pod is not going to die. I thought she meant the podcast, but I think she means the pod, like a group of whales, like their community. I've never respected someone more through a breakup than I do with Jason. Wow. Yeah. I know people have been sliding in your DMs and uh, trying to create unnecessary sides. And let's just, I mean, who's doing that? Like trolls or like supporters? I don't know. I assume they're. (laughs) supporters and trolls mixed in they're just random people i don't know that are will message me and And by the way you learn a lot about people through a breakup dale and claire i mean katie and john i mean most breakups end with a bitterness someone scorned somebody someone felt slighted i invested more time than you and so far caitlin and jason their breakup looks right down the middle they both chose their careers and their relationship faded away don't take it from me that's what she's about to say and say, who are you going to be more loyal to? Whose side are you on? See, that's the thing, too. It's like, I think people assume if people break up, something bad happened. And I think that's the hardest part of this whole breakup is nothing bad happened. It's just been over time. We have both not made each other a priority. And this is what happens. And we both are so sad. And we both don't know what the future holds. So it looks like it's a mutual fault thing. At least she's admitting we both made our careers a priority. In hindsight, they'll have to look back and say, was it worth it? Could they have taken some foot, their foot off the pedal? I don't understand. I mean, you know, they they, they both have assistants. Like they both, they how, how much time and energy has to go into your career? I say that as a married man who has made a lot of moves in my career, stay very busy, but also try to water the garden at home. I don't understand that if you really wanted to, I think you can make it work. But this is a necessary move for us right now, but I've never loved and respected somebody more through a breakup. Wow. Should we tell them the truth? That you're trying to parent trap us back together? 
<laughs> I want a parent trap you so bad. What's the no, truth? No, well, I was thinking like a good like curveball would be okay. like, the truth is, Caitlin and I, little Judy and I have We've been, been f- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes ever since I be together. Ever since I got this beard, yeah, she has been- Yeah, you it up and I've been wanting I've to been, sit on your face. <laughs> I'm just railing her. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. Yeah, I've had sex dreams about you though, oh. um, but we've never done anything actually though, but- Was it good? It was incredible. <laughs> we were laughing the whole time. Fireworks. Yeah, fireworks. We are laughing. Oh, but yeah, when it comes to the relationship. Don't let my facial uh, expressions fool you. I find this very cathartic. I, I like gallows humor. I like joking about dark topics like their heartbreak. Her gay best friend is making fun of the fact that, now, you know, the secret's out that she was having, hooking up with him. That's, that's, this is A-OK in my book. This is healthy. This is therapy. Relationship, uh, yeah, there are no sides, and there isn't a villain in it. No, and that's the thing. So I know people struggle with that because it's easier to understand when there's someone at fault, for example. But that's not the Somebody case. Somebody told here. me there was like a Reddit article. Of course, you know I don't read them, but a Reddit article about like who gets cat and worth, and I'm like, first of all, that is my godson. Okay, so yeah. they are family, and they are. Worth is going on a trip with Jason at the end of the month. I'm there. Every nothing's going to change like that. People do not have to pick sides. Whether you're a friend, family, the internet, like. I agree. You don't have to pick sides. It's an easy way for people to uh, digest information. Are you team this or team that? What you can't even watch Twilight without being on a team. You know what I mean? Uh, team Brad Pitt, Team Angelina is just like one thing after another. But when Caitlin and or Jason decide to move on, it is going to be tough. I mean, it's easy practically to say, "Oh, we're going to remain friends and this and that." But when the person you've spent your intimacy with in in your recent years decides to give that to somebody else. It can, it can only imagine how heartbreaking it is. Our son, Low, you, you don't have to choose <laughs> yeah. sides. Root for us both to be happy and grow and learn and just be, you know, just there's no sides. Yeah. There's no sides. Yeah. There's mutual love and respect. And with you and Jason, too, there's it's not contentious. Uh, it's sad because it's, it's sad. We know. are both so sad. Yeah. You know, it's you think you're going to spend your life with somebody. Oh, Nope, I'm... Oh, boy. We're not doing... Okay, fine, we're moving on because I don't want to sit here and cry. It's just hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Because it's... I mean... Oh, thank you, tissues. Because we're grieving a loss. It's a... It's. An, it sounds so silly to people. Like, I always feel sad with, you know, my best friend Kat losing her dad. And I'm like, here I am being like... I'm. People act like it's a death, but it is a loss. Jason lives down yeah. the street and what? And then I'm going to see him because we're going to share the dogs and yeah, but I can't like be with him in the way that I'm used to. And it's probably so confusing for people because they're like, why aren't you just together then? <laughs> like, but, but yeah. I really, if people can just, you know, trust in what we're doing and where our hearts are and, be supportive. I got people in my family that are super against divorce. And of course, they weren't even married yet. And I understand that. But in the end, things just don't work out the way you intended sometimes. They just don't always work out. And they chose 
to invest in themselves. And it's, it's, it really is a challenge to invest in yourself while also rooting your partner on and trying to grow at the same speed. And it seems like they both grew at great speeds, but just not quite in the same direction, which again, I have a hard time understanding. I mean, if we could go back in hindsight, we could probably hire somebody to organize their content schedule so that when he's working, she's working and they have more time together. Like these things managerially, you think, oh my gosh, you could have made this all work, but but also that's just life that it doesn't really play out in the most ideal ways. Yeah. And I mean, there's something to say that some people, they do actually grow apart. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. And it's better to, you know, maybe, maybe in a six months from now we go, yeah, this was the right move. And maybe in six months we go, you know what? I want to choose you, but we haven't been choosing each other. No. I do need to choose myself and I want him to choose himself. And that's what we've been doing anyways. And if that's the right, if the right person is going to choose, you know, each other, you're going to prioritize each other. And we just haven't been. So, yeah. Um, also, I c- and that's where it's tough because it's not a zero sum game. You can choose yourself while also choosing your partner. And I like, like she said, I'm not judging anybody, but it looks like that's what happened where they, where they for sure chose themselves, but in doing that, there probably wasn't a neediness. Like I'm sure when Caitlin was choosing herself, Jason was like, I'll choose myself. And when Jason was choosing himself, Caitlin's like, I'll choose myself. So like there wasn't like one person sitting at home waiting. They were both pursuing their life. And it's like, I guess at some point they go, what are we doing? We're both pursuing things. We're both happily pursuing our own things. Why are we even, you know, slowing each other down? And maybe if they, maybe there would have been a time if they got that wedding date scheduled, things would have fallen into place, but the can kept kicking down the road and it's just so sad. Couldn't believe that when I landed, there's paparazzi because I oh. thank God I had a high pony and a <laughs> yeah. little glam done because I was little not expecting that. At all. It's, I, so she says she wasn't expecting the paparazzi, which I fully believe her. A lot of people were thinking, oh, Caitlin staged a paparazzi visit, which can happen. But if there's one place where the paparazzi will show up unannounced, it's LAX. They know people are going to be showing up. They are tipped off when someone flies in. Oh, hey, so-and-so's flying in. It could have been Caitlin's PR people um, and not her. It could have been the Bachelor people uh, tipping them off to keep her. I mean, who knows why, but Caitlin says she was caught off guard in this paparazzi video we covered. I fully believe her. I don't think there's any reason for her to bring that up if she was lying. I don't remember last time a paparazzi has even... Well, I, I do remember, actually. It was because I was with Taisha and they really wanted a photo of her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, eh, and I'm Judy. Uh, but it was just so crazy because I felt violated. <laughs> And I'm sure we're going to hear more from Caitlin and Jason on their journey. And I think it's cathartic, not just for them to be sharing their podcast, but for us as listeners to to find healthy ways to go through those tough life situations. Uh, thank you guys all so much for sticking around today. We had a jam-packed episode. I mean, so much to cover. We'll have more tomorrow as we continue along, uh, you know, unwinding and untangling all that we had in the Men Tell All and all the podcasters recaps. Well, you know how it goes. I uh, try to cover as much of it as I can over here. Appreciate all the comments, likes, and love that you guys are showing me. The podcast has never been stronger. I really am just shocked that it's working out, to be quite honest. Uh, I have a mantra that I like to share with people. Isn't it great that things are working out? That's the mantra. Because so often we expect the gloom and we wonder about when's the chip going to fall and this isn't that. And, and, and I always tell people, take a deep breath. <sighs> Isn't it nice that everything's working out? And trust me, I know 
there's always something that's not working out. But just know in the divine, if you share love and light and smile and try to find the positive in tough situations, everything is working out. I know it's a very privileged way to think, but what else do we have, right, folks? So thank you guys for working it out with me over here. I appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour. Bachelor Rush Hour.